Welcome to the TCU Chi Alpha podcast, where we share sermons, interviews, and other resources that encourage and challenge students as they follow Jesus on campus. How many of you guys are able to get done everything that you want to get done every week? You just, like, you've got it down. Look at this. Praise God. An area, every area of life. Not just academics, but every, every area. No? Oh, hand went down there. Okay. Uh, how many of you guys wish that you had two more hours in every day? Wouldn't that be nice? So we were tabling out, uh, out here earlier today. I don't have a picture of this, but I did take a picture of it. We, were, we just asked the question, if you had two extra hours a day, what would you do with it? And like, I don't know, probably 50% of the answers were sleep. <laughs> I would use those two extra hours to sleep. Um, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. That's a good thing. A lot of people said studying. Some people, one girl said start a business. I'm like, sweet, you could do that with 14 extra hours in your week, right? But every, everyone who came by and actually answered the question were like, wow, that's a good question. What would I do if I had extra time? What would I do if I had extra time? So this idea of time management actually is on people's minds. It's in their hearts. And I texted uh, several of you guys uh, over the last couple of days and asked like, hey, what is your biggest time management struggle? And what's some wisdom that you've gained um, through that? And some of you said like, I'm having so much fun basically to distill it down. I'm having so much fun. It's hard to get my schoolwork done, right? Anybody feel that way? And then other people are like, I'm doing so much schoolwork, I'm not sure how I can have any fun, right? Like, um, and we just kind of live in that, in that tension. And when we start thinking about this, we, we ask the question, does the Bible even talk about time management? Does the Bible talk about time management? The answer is yes and no, right? The Bible talks about a lot of things that we spend our time on. Jesus talked a lot of, uh, about a lot of things that we, we give our lives to. Um, relationships, work, money, sex, family, you know, all, all those things. Like, the Bible does speak to those things, that, the things that we actually spend our time on. Um, but it doesn't give us a way to organize our calendar. Maybe with the exception of Sabbath, right? Take a day off. Um, there's a lot of freedom in the area of time. And so we could unpack several of those scriptures throughout, throughout scripture and kind of dive deep into them. But I, I want to just get into my favorite one before we get into a time of discussion and kind of workshopping time management. Uh, my favorite scripture passage about that kind of links to this idea of time management is found in Ephesians chapter 5. Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus. Ephesus is like a cultural hub of the time. Um, at that time, in, in Paul's time, it would have been like second only to Rome in, in importance in the Roman Empire. Like it was a trade route. People went through there all the time. It's in modern day, what is modern day Turkey. So this is a very influential city, lots of uh, idol worship, that kind of thing. And so Paul is writing this letter to the church in Ephesus saying, don't uh, let sin creep into your lives. And right in the middle of all of this stuff that he's talking about, he says this, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. The NLT version says, making the most of every opportunity. You guys are in a place and in a time where you have a lot of opportunities, right? Like you want to make the most of that. But what I see here, just really quickly, theologically, I like the idea that there's this idea of carefully, that we should take some care, we should take some intentionality in how we walk. Not We don't want to be foolish, right? But we want to be wise. We see that. So there's an intentionality, there's a wisdom. We want to make the best use of the time because the culture, the world around them was evil. Like there were things going on um, that it, had they uh, focused their time and their energy and attention on things outside of what the Lord's will is, 
then they could have walked in some foolishness, <laughs> right? But we, wanna do, we don't want to be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is, making the best use of the time. Now, What's really interesting about this is literally in this passage, this is a good translation, but literally what um, Paul said here is redeeming the time. And it's not the sense of like salvation redemption, right? But it's actually the, the sense of like buying it back. Like he uses, he's in an economic hub of the ancient world and he's using economic terms to describe their time. He's talking about it in monetary times and we terms, and he does this also in Colossians, same thing. Behave wisely towards outsiders, making the best use of your time. He, in, this, in that passage, it's the same thing, redeeming the time. And so I think a really helpful way of framing this is to think about our time the same way that we think about our money or in a similar way to, to how we think about our money. When we say this all the time, what does it mean to, to, like, to hang out with someone? It means like we, we call that spending time with Darren, Right? We even have that in our vernacular that we're spending time, that there's an idea that it's valuable, that it's a, a limited resource, <laughs> that it is being spent in some way. And so the Bible speaks to that, but, but also if you think about your money, like right now some of you guys aren't thinking about budget. Man, you just make it rain at Target when you go in there, you know, don't even think about how much it costs or whatever. And some of you are like, man, I got this budget. I'm on top of it. I'm, you know, taking care of every little line item. Whether you are doing that now or you're doing it in the future, at some point, all of us, wisdom says we should use a budget with our money, right? So when we get the paycheck, we look at what comes in and then we look at the costs of like, how much is rent going to be? How much is food going to be? How much is my car payment? You know, all those things, right? Like, and we, we look at what we have and we put our money, allocate our money, spend our money, invest our money in those things. And uh, ideally, we don't go over, <laughs> right? Like, we don't end up in, in a bad place in debt. With time, we don't, we don't you know, we do, we can go over in the sense of like, we can spend more time than we should on things, but it is a limited resource. How many of you guys have stocks, like are actively investing in the stock market? A few of you, yeah. How many of you guys actually research and think deeply about the things that you're investing in? Yeah, okay. Every time I talk to a student or a person that's like actively trading in the stock market and not like in a long-term growth stock mutual fund, man, they are on top of it. I have a buddy who's taking a bath right now on Bitcoin, so bad, he's doing so bad because he bought high and it's low, right? And so, but he, but man, he, and he was like a, a Bitcoin evangelist. Like, dude, you need to get on Bitcoin, man. It's doing so good. It's, it's, the, it's the currency of the future. Like you gotta get in on this. But I mean, he was spending so much time and energy and attention on figuring out where to put his money invest it really not just for the current time, but like he had ambitions to build a home. He has ambitions to send his kids to college. Like he's thinking very deeply about where he's spending his money. And we should also do that with our time. We wouldn't just willy nilly just click on stuff online and just buy stocks that we haven't looked into. We wouldn't, you know, buy products that we have know nothing about. Like the way that we spend our money, we understand that it, it takes some intentionality and some wisdom, and it's the same with the way that we spend our time. And as a Christian, if you're a Christian in here, we really should organize our time around biblical and godly things, right? Otherwise, like we sang tonight, like building our life on the, the rock versus our life on the sand. Jesus has that, that story of like, if you follow my teachings, if you build your life on my teachings, you're building on a solid foundation. But if you don't, 
you're building it on sand. And when the waves and the wind of life come, the storms of life come, like that's going to be shaken. It's going to fall down. And so we want to organize our life around the things of God, and that should be reflected in the way that we spend our time. And, and the coolest thing about it is he wants to help us do that. He's not just like, well, you guys figure it out. But like, he's given us his Holy Spirit to speak to us, to guide us, to lead us through his word and that kind of thing. And so it's, this, is, this idea is a biblical idea, but I want to give us some practical strategies also that are sort of rooted in, in some biblical truth and some other things that I've learned along the way. I don't know if you guys have seen this stack of books that I have here. This is a stack of books from my personal library. All of these are about, essentially about time management or like personal growth around time management. Some of it's about work and family and work family balance. Some of it's about like literally how do you schedule a week, like that kind of thing. I don't know how many of these are, but it's a number of books. I've read all of them. Some of them I've read multiple times, not because I'm smart and whatever. It's because I'm real bad at time management. <laughs> In fact, I'm probably the worst person on staff to be preaching about this other than the fact that like I've had to work really hard to get better at this. There's a couple of books that I haven't that I have read that I don't have here. I've also taken a class. I've also listened to probably two dozen podcasts, at least, on time management, because I'm so, like, I need it, right? Just to be, just to function. Ironically, this week was one of my worst weeks for time management as I was getting ready to preach this. So, what I wanna do is, you don't, I mean, I recommend some of these books, um, but I wanna sort of distill down what I've learned from all of this stuff um, in a way that maybe would be helpful for you with kind of like seven takeaways, seven strategies, okay? So here's the first one. The first strategy when it comes to time management framework, start with why. Start with why. Why are you doing what you're doing? So when you start to look at how you're going to spend your time, why are you doing what you're doing? Who do you want to become? Life is as much about who we're becoming as what we're doing. And the, the way that we spend our time reflects and sets the trajectory for who we are becoming. Nobody in life sets out to be greedy. No one in life normally, you know, sets out to be a bad parent or, or whatever. But you guys in this moment are setting the trajectory of your life, right? For example, just like succeeding at all costs, 4.0 at all costs, at the cost of relationships and friendships now in college, that can have an effect on your future marriage, Right? You're setting the trajectory of your life now. You're setting the, the strategies and the, the patterns of your life now. The decisions that I made and in, in when I was in your seat, some of them were so poor that I've had to go back and readdress so many of them and change the path that I was on. And you can do that, um, but I suggest changing it now. Like, figure it out now. Why are you doing what you're doing? Somebody asked you when you were a kid, probably still ask you sometimes, what are you going to do when you grow up? Who are you going to, what, what would you like to do when you grow up? What did you guys say when, when somebody asked you that? Darren, what did you tell people when they asked you, what do you want to be when you grow up? Investment banking. This is the guy to talk to about where to put your money. Something else? A what? A dolphin trainer. That's awesome. I want a horse trainer. I wanted to be a carnival worker. Um, just seemed like a cool, cool job to travel around, ride rides, eat cotton candy. Here's what William Borden said. He said this, at six years old, his mom asks him and a number of his family, like young family, what do you want to be when you grow up, William? And he says, I want to be an honest man when I grow up, a true and loving and kind and faithful man. 
he answered that question of who he wanted to become. Not just, I want to be rich. And he was already kind of rich because he was heir to the Borden dairy fortune. But successful, whatever. This is what he said at six years old. Now, I've asked my six-year-old to try to see if he has the same kind of character as William Borden. And he says he wants to be a ninja scientist pastor. I think that's awesome. I think he thinks that pastors only work one day a week, which is kind of sad because I am a pastor. (laughs) What do you think I'm doing all day? But he's going to preach on Sundays and also be a ninja scientist. But here's the thing. William Borden, I want to be an honest man when I grow up, a true, loving, and kind, and faithful man. Here's a wild thing from the book Borden of Yale. He transformed, he and his like little small group of people, less people than are in this room right now, literally transformed the campus of Yale University while he was there. And God moved through his life. What do you want, to, what do you want said about you at the end of your time here in college? Right? Is it like, and he never missed a home game, but he missed a lot of assignments, right? Board time management, right? Like, man, they have a 4.0 in, you know, their degree, but like a 1.0 in friendship because they didn't hang out with anybody, right? Like, what do you want said about you on, on your deathbed? Man, dad, he provided a lot of things for us, a lot of opportunities. He just didn't provide himself because all he was doing was working, wasn't present in her home, right? Like, ask these questions. What kind of person do you want to be? And organize your schedule around who you want to become. And that's how you avoid that house on the sand. Like, if you run it through this filter of what is my why? Why am I doing this? Who am I doing it for? What is God calling me to do and to be? Then that helps you set your schedule. That helps you allocate where you're going to spend your time. The next thing is, number two, is what are you actually doing? Now, what are you doing now? Where's your time going now? So there's no way for us to analyze where our time should be going, right? Or, or how our time's being spent if we don't actually figure out what are we doing now? So we're looking at our schedule. Where's our time going now? What are we doing now? And then be honest, but not judgmental, okay? So if you say, I'm spending a lot of time watching Netflix, okay? That's just maybe the reality, okay? Non-judgmental, but in order to figure out where you want to go, you got to figure out where you are now, right? So start with why and then figure out what are we doing now. The next thing is use a fixed calendar. Okay. This is like the time version of a budget, of a financial budget. And really what the fixed calendar is, and I'm telling you, like almost every single one of these books has some version of use a fixed calendar. And what the idea is, is that you look at your week, you look at the things that are unmovable, like your classes, whatever, you put those in in your week as you're looking at it. But then you're also looking and saying, where can I put in the other things that are my why, like that are getting me to be who I want to be, focusing on what God's called me to do. And I'm putting those things in those areas. And uh, it helps you think about like where you're gonna spend your time before you spend it. which is super cool. And so what this looks like is just like you might do with your monthly budget, you actually take one day of the week and take a, you know, maybe an hour out of that day. What we do is, Alicia and I is on Sunday, we look at our week and say, okay, these are the things that are happening every week. These are the things that are new this week or different. And now we're going to put in the things that we value into those spots. And, um, and so that 
you start with your priorities based on your why, and then you put in the other things. So let me give you an example of this. You guys ready for an example? I'm gonna walk you through one. Okay, this is a, a sample uh, class schedule. It looks very similar to someone in here because I use theirs as an example. So here's, here's where you start. Like, this is what you get at the beginning of the semester. Now, Isaac's and Ethan's looks very different because music students, theirs is like twice that full with all the stuff that they have. And I understand not everybody's is this way. You have more nine class or whatever. But I'm just, this is just the example, right? Okay, so these are classes. This is stuff you have to show up to. Now let's go to the next one. If you're working from your why, let's just get wild just now, right? If we're working from our why and we want to, and I, this is a Christian person, right? So let's say we want to connect with Jesus. Oh, look at that. We got 30 minutes of devotional time, three days, no, th five days a week. So we got three days a week during class. We got, you know, Sabbath, which would probably include a devotional time and then a little bit of devotional time before you go to church. Hey, being in God's house, that's, that's a good thing to prioritize. This person maybe can't do 24 hours of Sabbath, but look, we got about eight hours there. Praise God, that's awesome. Life group, right? They're going and being a part of a life group. And look, you guys are here, so obviously you guys got the red one there, Chi Alpha, boom. Now, here's the interesting thing that I had to start doing. You see where it says, wake up, <laughs> get ready and go to class? That looks so dumb, but honestly, here's what happens. When I first started doing this, I would put devotional time at 8.30 in that 8.30 slot, and then I would get up to read my devotional, and I would, and it'd be awesome, 25 minutes, and then I'd be like, oh shoot, I have five minutes to take a shower, eat breakfast, and go, right? And so like, I, this is a little neurotic, right? But everybody has to eat, that kind of thing. You have to get up and get ready, so you're putting those in just to figure out, okay, when it is that I can do this. It doesn't have to be this. If you're night owl, don't put the devotional time in the morning. That's dumb. Do it at night, right? This is just an example, okay? We got lunch, we got, and then we also put in our weekly planning day, time, right? We need to do that. Okay, go to the next one. So we put our priority stuff in. Now let's put the, the next priority, homework. Somebody gotta, do you do that much homework? No? Okay. More. Somebody said more. See, that's good. Okay, so we put in our homework study. We have to do a certain number of that. I, don't, I didn't do all the calculations on how many you're supposed to do, but I also threw in chores on Sunday. At some point, you have to wash your clothes, wash dishes, that kind of stuff. Um, but then I just, okay, so we did the, the God stuff, the stuff that we want to prioritize, and we put in homework. You guys are here to study, make at least relatively decent grades, honor God with the way you do stuff. So we put those in next. Now, let's go to the next one. Next one is workout. Now, I know some of you guys prioritize workout over class. That's okay. Um, honestly, for me, I consider workout as kind of a devotional thing. Like, God, I want to honor God with my body. I want to keep up with my three kids. And so I consider that part of my devotional rhythm. Um, but let's say you want to work out a few times a week. Boom, we got that in there. Now we're looking at our health. Go to the next one. So, Notice we didn't pick out the student organizations and clubs that we joined based on the first open thing. We, we picked them based on after putting in the priorities, right? The things that were more important based on our why. Go to the next one. Friend time. You gotta hang out with friends. Hopefully you guys get more than this, but hey, we got it in here. You're gonna do that on Sabbath. You're gonna do that over dinner. We can do that in those lunch spots, that kind of thing. Go to the next thing. <laughs> I picked the ugliest the ugliest color for screen time, right? So we're actually looking and budgeting in our screen time, which is a wild thought, right? Because that's usually a passive thing that we just kind of do, right? 
but we're budgeting in our screen time. Okay. Now, is this helpful to anybody or weird or like how many of you are like, ah, this is super weird. Okay, we got some people thinking that we, that's weird. How many of you, if, if you sat down and did this and organized your life around, your time around this, it would be helpful for you next week? Okay, we got a few hands. Praise God. Okay. Now, here's what your schedule might, this is just an estimation based on my experience here over the last 10 years of what your schedule might look like if you don't do this. <laughs> Monday's pretty good. You start your morning with screen time, not the Bible. You go to your two classes. In between your classes, you know, TikTok, Instagram, whatever. You do your class. You're only working out a couple times a week, so you got to get an extra long one. you got to do the cardio and everything. More screen time, student org, Chi Alpha. And then I have a few on here a few times. You're doing screen time and homework at the same time. So you got TikTok going, and you got homework open, right? Or you're texting. You're doing all that stuff. You've got Netflix going also while you're doing homework. So you're ending up doing more homework this way because you're not actually focused on the homework that you're doing, right? Monday's pretty good. Tuesday, okay, but then Wednesday you realize, I did not plan very well. I have a test on Thursday, and so I have to go from class and study all day long, and I'm going to sneak in a little Devo time, just pray, God, please help me with this. And then the next morning I'm going to do it again, Jesus, Jesus, if you could just please, I'll listen to worship on my way to this test. I promise if you'll get me through this, I won't do this to myself again, right, right? Like you go through this, and then, you know, you don't have a lot of devotional time, but you literally have to take a nap on Friday because you're so exhausted, right? You have friend time, you went to the football game, you know, that kind of thing. Awesome, praise the Lord. You went to church, you did some chores, but lots of homework, lots of, you know, just unbudgeted time, right? Does this look like anyone's schedule? You don't have to raise your hand. Okay, moving on. So that's what a fixed calendar, as an example, would look like. And like I said, most of the literature on this points to, to something like this. The next thing would be um, have margin, schedule in margin. Notice I had go to sleep on the fixed calendar, wake up on the fixed calendar. I base when I go to sleep, when I'm doing this well, I base when I go to sleep on when I'm gonna get up. I wanna get seven and a half hours of sleep every night, and so that means, I'm not gonna do the math, but there's a certain time that I have to go to bed if I'm gonna wake up at that time, right? We need sleep, right? The best, the highest performers in business, in athletics, all those things, they sleep a lot. Poor sleep affects memory, cognition, reaction time, mood. Researchers are linking it to Alzheimer's and all kinds of just crazy stuff. Like if you, um, they've even done studies on like if, if you miss, if you're deprived of like 17 hours of sleep, you're functioning like someone who has a blood alcohol level of like 0.05, which would be legally impaired, right? And so, you know, Think about that when you're like in an all-nighter. Like, I think I'm walking around impaired, like drunk, trying to cross university and not die when someone's not paying attention. Um, we need rest. We need fun. We need hobbies. Some of you guys, you have projects and things that are just ongoing. You don't feel like they ever end. Well, guess what? Like, when I go play a game of disc golf with Parker, we finish. Like, we had fun, and it's over, and he beats me every time, and it's, it's, a, it's a blast, but it's something fun, active, being outside. It's like a purposeful hike, right, with some competition mixed in. It's amazing. You need thinking time. You need margin. If, will you go back to the good example of the, there's not a lot of it, I mean, unless you just kind of get rid of the screen time, but it's not completely full. There's a little bit of margin here and there, just a little bit of breathing room. We need that. We need that. Sabbath, fun, 
go listen. We preached on Sabbath. We preached on fun um, earlier this semester. Go listen to the podcast if you want to hear about some good ideas about having fun and Sabbath. Okay, the next thing is, um, this one's the hardest one for TCU students. Say no a lot. A lot. Also in these books, constantly, essentialism will make you so convicted, you can't even stand it, about how much you need to say no. Every, the law of trade-offs is this. Every yes that you say to something is a no to something else. When I say yes to a preaching engagement on a Sunday that I wouldn't normally do, I'm also at the same time saying no to spending time with my kids because I'm going to have to take time to prepare that's outside of my normal work hours, and I'm going to have to take time to go be at that church when I would normally be having breakfast with my family or we'd be, you know, on our way to our church. Like every yes that I say that's on top of the things that I'm already doing is a no to something else. And we get in a lot of trouble when we think where there's all these yeses, but we don't understand there's always a trade-off. Either our sleep or our peace (laughs) or whatever it is. Every yes is a no to something else. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. That's what Jesus said. So actually show up to the stuff that you say you're going to show up to. And if we live that way, we might say no to more things. We might not say yes to so many things if we uh, stick to the idea of Jesus saying, let your yes be yes and your no be no. And lastly, good things can often distract us from the best things. So if you have your why, you have, you know, what God's called you to, who you want to become, you're running through that filter, you could say, man, that opportunity is really great, but it actually is not as good as this that I'm already doing to help me be who I want to be in two or three years or achieve what God's asked me to achieve in the next few years. Like you run it through that filter and you realize, man, I need to say no to a lot more than I realize in order to be healthy, rested, sane, and ultimately effective. The sixth one is, and all you guys are going to groan at this, eliminate digital distractions. So I want you guys all to do this. Take out your phones. If you have an Apple, I know how to get you there. Go to settings. And then go to, scroll down to screen time. (laughs) Audible gasps happening in the room. I love this. Jesus. Okay. Uh, See if you can go to last week. Okay. So here's what I want everybody to do. Everybody raise your hand. Everybody raise your hand in the air. Everybody hold up your hand. If your screen time is lower than 10 hours a day, keep your hand up. If your screen time is lower than eight hours a day, keep your hand up. If your screen time is lower than five hours a day, keep your hands up. If your screen time is lower than three hours a day, keep your hand up. If your screen time is lower than two hours a day, keep your hand up. Okay, so we have some absolute beasts in this room. All right, so we need to talk to them about minimizing digital distraction, right? We're gonna have a conversation with, with Marcus about this. Okay, so look, if you had like six hours a day or five or four, I can give you two hours back. I can do what we talked about at tabling today. I can give you two extra hours in your life if you'll just get off your phone. Now, I understand texting, that there's relationship there, right? Like calling, FaceTime, engaging with people. There's some meaningful things that happen on our devices, I don't discount that at all. But we all know <laughs> that there's a certain percentage that is not meaningful or helpful. So make, take advantage of the settings on your phone for the, the limits that you can put on apps, those kind of things. It'll help you a ton. Um, 
do as many things as you can without your phone. The last thing is assess how is this actually working. So you go through this process for a few weeks. And you look and say, okay, I'm, I'm filtering through the why. What, what do I need to adjust? This is about practice, not perfection. You're not going to do it perfectly. You're growing, you're learning, you're working through this. And um, God wants to help you with this. Thank you for listening today. We'd love to connect with you beyond this podcast. If you want more information about TCU Chi Alpha, visit tcuxa.com. God bless and go Frogs.